0: Welcome to New Friends Cinema, where we get to know each other by sharing our favorite movies. From childhood throwbacks to recent comforts, we walk through the stories together. Keep in mind this podcast contains mad spoilers and join us at the New New Friends Friends Cinema. Hello and welcome back to New Friends Cinema. I'm Dakota. And I am Courtney. (laughs) And we're so excited to be here. It's the second episode. Oh my gosh. And I I watched this movie two two full days ago, almost three days ago, on Thursday. And I have been bursting (laughs) at the seams to talk about it just to anybody. I actually called my friend yesterday and we just chatted about it. (laughs) Really? Okay. You (laughs) got it all out. I I was just like, "Ah!" don't talk to me about it. You got to save it. Yes, it's been a really exciting uh, couple days because it's been like watching the movie, making the notes, and I'm in the script chair today because it is my movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a beautiful winter wonderland outside today. It's gorge. Um, There are a couple things that always hit me once it actually snows here in general. Um, One, snow is beautiful, um, but it is incredibly slippery that I always forget how slippery yeah. snow is <laughs> well it's it's work right now it's mm. like it's it's work every time you want to leave the house like it's heavy I just got the work out of my life shoveling yeah we both shoveled to get out you know you're, you're in all-wheel drive and even like prob was talking to me on the phone yesterday when he was walking between work mm. And he was like, my hips hurt. Yeah, because you you're like bracing. T- you're the first like month of the winter. You're just like getting hip cramps because you're like <laughs> clenching like so much more. You gotta get your sea legs, your <laughs> snow legs back. Yeah, you know I have these little crampon thingies that I throw on my boots because oh. here the hills are nuts. So they're so steep and scary. Our and town is fully on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Um. So anytime you want to walk anywhere, you're hiking yeah yeah they don't clear the residential like no sidewalks or anything at all i too have crampons Mine are like steel like <laughs> whatever <laughs> they're intense but yeah yeah they're it's a game changer to have that for sure go on you, should, should we start we? yeah i'm so excited that okay okay um dakota is vibrating she's ready to go because I, i've never seen this movie before okay and honestly if it weren't for this i never would have seen this movie because i'm an adult yeah, and i don't Have kids in my life, and I don't like sit down and seek out kid movies. No, to watch, and unless it's something that I grew up with, and I'm feeling nostalgic and I want to watch it. Hence, the whole essence of our podcast. Yes. So I, okay, okay, Okay. you go, you go. go, go. So I cannot recall. This goes to show how much a week can do for my memory. But I cannot recall whether or not we revealed the name of the movie. We (gasps) haven't. Nobody knows except us. Drum roll, please. (laughs) I picked. From my pool of sticky notes, Harriet the Spy. Harriet the Spy! Harriet the motherfucking spy. This movie yeah. had a death grip on me as a kid. It had one on me this Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so... Um, this movie was a significant go-to watch for me as a kid for multiple reasons, but particularly in the time of, like, mid to late 1990s movies for kids, we were just saturated with Disney princesses, right? Mm-hmm. And this movie, a Nickelodeon movie. The aesthetic? oh, Brooklyn. Hmm. Um, this, this story and the main character, um, and we'll get into all of that in a minute, but it really gave kids an opportunity to see a different version of a young female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, this category definitely falls under strange kid category, odd kid, mm-hmm. unique kid. I think um, one of the characters in the movie calls the main character an individual, which is, like, such a polite way of saying weird. The main character, Harriet, she defies social norms, and she gets herself into some trouble, but she has to hold the weight of her, her choices and the reality of that. And, you know, going through experiences of being outcast, misunderstood, this, like, main character movie saga of like the Matilda the secret garden Mary Lennox you know well she's coming she's also in that place of coming from being fully just a child and going through puberty and the the reality of you know the repercussions of your actions that it's not all just a game and you know words hurt and all that but I don't know what well I do know what I was expecting I was expecting a child heist movie expecting it to be like really silly and really fun and maybe some goo yeah some along and there was it is a nickelodeon movie um i was really shocked by the depth of this movie Mm -hmm. like how there were parts where my adult stomach was turning i felt sick yeah watching it like they really used everything at their disposal to like tell this story um in a really like powerful way so I felt thoughtful like, yeah. and as an adult re-watching this because this used to be on repeat in my house when i was a kid but re-watching this as an adult there's so many things that i did not pick up on obviously there there's some really wonderful life lessons in this movie that i think are going to be really fun to unpack today um and yeah not all the way but to well to an extent she deserved it <laughs> we are going to get into um natural consequences yeah. for shitty behavior I'd also want to let you know that I was so obsessed with this character that I reenacted so much of this movie. I had the tool belt. I had the notebook. I, mean, I had who, the jacket. What kid didn't have a spy tool belt? I did, and I never saw the movie. I had like I had made my own fingerprinting kit <laughs> to fingerprint around my own house cuz I lived in a small town we didn't have anyone to spy on except for our own parents. So Okay, so let's dive into the the details of this classic movie, Harry the Spy. the Spy. So this movie was released in 1996 with a star-studded adult cast. The the first note on my list yeah. of notes is Eartha Kitt legend. <gasps> Excellent. That's okay, it. great. <laughs> so Eartha great. Kitt's in it. Eartha <laughs> Kitt's in it. Um, at the time, I think it was a relatively unknown child actress, um, at the time, um, Michelle Trachtenberg, Trachtenberg, I'm pronouncing that wrong. I know her from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the character Dawn, but you know her from something else, right? From a very small character arc on Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Yeah. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Ugh. As a child... I loved Rosie O'Donnell so much. She had a TV show. A fun one. I would always watch Rosie with my mom because it was her. And then and then I think it was Oprah after. Mm-hmm. So I would watch Rosie and she had a section that was cutie patooties. Oh. And it was just like pictures of kids. Yeah. She also had I had a VHS that was like a cartoon It was shorts. And it was uh it was called Kids Say the Punniest Things. Nice. So it was hosted by Rosie O'Donnell, and then it was like Stories told by kids turn into cartoons. Right. I, I don't know. I had that and I watched it a million times. Nice. I loved it. Anyway, I really loved her uh, as a kid. And from yeah. what I remember, the, her talk show was genuinely playful and kind. And, and of course, perhaps I'm looking at it through nostalgic rose-colored glasses. Because it was also the 90s. So I who think knows everything what was, what was rose-colored on. at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that kind of, you know, coffee shop. Yeah. Like brownish gold oh burnt sienna (laughs) so then we have gregory smith who plays simon sport rock i felt like i recognized him he was in a bunch of movies i think he was also in um oh what was that one movie where the toys came alive not toy story but where the toys came alive and there was like a military fleet and an alien (gasps) fleet. oh um small soldiers yeah (laughs) yes yes, we both had a brainwave oh frick i loved that movie that was one of my brother's picks on family movie night classic yeah really good so good um, and then one of my favorite child actresses, Vanessa Lee Chester, who plays Janie Gibbs, but she's also known for her work in *The Little Princess*. I don't know that I ever saw that. What's *The Little Princess*? I will not tell you anything more because it might be in my hat. <laughs> um, and *The Little Princess*. No, I don't. Uh, this actress, the the main, I guess, kid character of the ultimate classic, *The Lost World: Jurassic Park* do you remember her in that book? oh yeah that's number two yeah right Yep, yeah, number two she's jeff goldblum's daughter yep yeah the gymnast the yeah, one yeah, the yeah, sassy yeah. kind of latchkey kid Ugh, i saw her in the movie for this uh for this episode and i was like oh my god i've loved her in every one of these movies but i didn't know it was the same person yeah and a bunch of other people um like we already mentioned eartha kitt classic icon i love her cameo it's so crazy so minimal and actually if you don't know who eartha kit is she uh was the original catwoman but she also she was isma in emperor's new groove yes she is a fantastic voice actress you would recognize her voice instantly she was the grandma of zero in holes <gasps> yes pulling out all the good <laughs> little <Yeah>. nuggets <laughs> um so this was actually a book and i didn't know that yeah um the screenplay was adapted from Luis. Fitz Hughes 1964 novel of the same name oh 1964 I know and I read I did a little bit of research about the movie beforehand essentially the director Bronwyn Hughes said that they wanted to follow the story pretty closely but adapted a lot of the adult child relationships to be a little bit more 1990s versus 1960s sure um and well the director brahman hughes is also known for um their directing work on breaking bad and better call saul so i thought that again very interesting mm-hmm. filmography yeah. for our directors in this <laughs> podcast two other things i have never seen really me neither no. i uh, i maybe watched a couple episodes of breaking bad i don't tend i don't like heavy stuff really like hmm. i don't know good thing we're watching kids movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay are you ready yeah okay so the movie opens to our main character, Harriet M. Welsh, Welsh, hiding in a fruit stand in the streets of New York. She is seen um, making observations about her neighbors as they walk around in the downtown street markets, and which I'm pretty sure is Brooklyn. And the quote, I learn everything I can, and I write down everything I see. We learn through her narrative that she takes notes on everything in her environment to help practice so she can be a writer one day. This is why I'm a spy. And she's already talking about Gully, right? Oh, yeah. And at the beginning, as someone who's never seen this, I'm like, who's Gully? Like, who is that? Her imaginary friend, her dead grandpa? Like, and so there's just like a, a scene of, you know, a bustling neighborhood in New York. She's taking notes. And then we like flash to uh, school where she is sitting on the front steps with her friends making a DIY friendship tattoo that they called blood buddies <laughs> which i think is so cute. We just really get to see the dynamic of like their playfulness, their their humor. They're definitely like oddballs. Yeah, i just really think their friendship really shines through in this one scene. And then there was the part where they're like and remember if anyone sees sees the tattoo um, and then they all say at the same time, swift and painful death, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> swift and painful. I don't know. Usually it's painless. So I was like, that's swift, swift and painful death. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> um, and then we're introduced to the villain of the movie, um, which I have a little side note, little footnote. Like, is she the villain or is Harriet the villain? she's the villain. Um, <laughs> but um, also the Mean Girls, I was like, why are they dressed like they're wearing school uniforms yes they go to public school yes those girls would have been bullied at my school oh like not to be you know i don't condone bullying you but know, we do not condone bullying that's on that's ridiculous podcast. like except if it's deserved no i'm just kidding no <laughs> okay just with each other um but we're introduced to perhaps the antagonist let's say mm-hmm. uh Marion hawthorne where the, all three kids have this really funny moment of enduring the hawthorne effect where they're like throwing up and like gasping for air Mm -hmm. just like so dramatic and in the voiceover we hear Harriet say that um she 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 goes into like some really hard observational truths about her peers like she just goes through them like a roster we're introduced to her rest of her classmates and she's using words like pathetic commenting on how people look um all factual perhaps or observational um, she even said that she would hang herself if she were one of her classmates, which is fucking grim. Blue, purple socks boy. Oh, we're gonna uh, come back to purple socks uh, boy. Also, the girl, the romantic girl. There was one of the girls had she opened her locker and it was all oh, heartthrobs. Yes, it was uh, Shane from Boy Meets World was <gasps> in her locker. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and so I can't classic. Hunter uh, something Hunter well, Sean. No. no, no, that's his name in the Sean is his name in Boy in, Meets World in the in the show. Yeah, Sean Hunter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and that girl, yeah. Harriet said. Someone should kick her and get it over with. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, really, really blunt uh, observational statements about her peers. But that girl, per, in my humble opinion, has pretty good taste. Great taste. In, yeah, because gorgeous. We learn quickly that there is a sixth grade class president election coming up. And Harriet and her enemy, Marion, are the two primary candidates and they are both vying for that role hardcore because it's also the editor of their class, class or grade like school newspaper. Yeah. I think it's their class newspaper which is like That's super a intense work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for like an 11-year-old. Um, and you can feel the hatred between these two. They are side-eyeing, they are mean mugging each other. There is spiteful hate. Um, Marion wins. Yeah, and uh, for the third year in a row. Yeah. Make that make sense. Yeah. This is um <laughs> Slowly we'll we'll discuss Marion's dictatorship real soon, but she she definitely has a, a bit of a grip on the, the the social aspects of her class. Like she has a lot of sway, a lot of um power, maybe? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think she's rich, right? Yeah. But like uh a lot Harriet's of Marion's also have, rich, yeah, she's yeah. rich, yeah. Yeah. I I it's it's kinda like that classic story trope of this is the mean one and we all hate her Mm -hmm. the group talks about poisoning her which i think is hilarious and also super dark um and we learn that janie is a bit of a mad scientist she loves to experiment she loves to play with mold play with mold combustibles is a word that's used a bunch of times in this movie um but eventually it's spy time and harriet has to peace out because she's got to go spy on some people so we see this like Montage of prepping all of our gear. We see like a pocket mirror, binoculars, rubber gloves, flashlight. Um, what's that one that goes? That's like the circle, and you hold it. A magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the <It's a> classic <laughs> spy tool. Um, and like this scene, it's so it's so iconic because. We all created a version of this. Totally. We feel it in our bones when we see her getting ready. When I wasn't playing with my homemade DIY spy kit, it was my magic kit. What? <laughs> I am gobsmacked. <laughs> you were a magic kid. I well, yeah, for about fifteen minutes for sure, <laughs> which is usually how long those kits last. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, We've, we're we're trying to practice not laughing in the mic, and I'm here. I'm like ha, 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 right into the microphone. Yeah. This little, this little kid just goes roof hopping. I I just find so absurd as an adult being like, how the fuck did you get up there? Yeah. Her first stop is at uh, the guy with a million cats. Also looking into my future. I love this man. So he's, he's talking to all the cats by name. Yeah. And I noticed that one of the cats name was jelly roll. And I also, well, hold up because I also noticed he's like kind of singing and he's very like jazzy and stuff. Yeah. Do you know what jelly roll means? Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Jelly Roll is actually, it started in the 19th century, but it's still used uh, by, like, jazz musicians, and like, if you listen to a lot of Van Morrison, you'll hear it. Okay. It's slang for a vagina. Oh, my! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, watching these movies as adults, like, some of these Disney movies we rewatched, there's, like, penises, the word sex written in, like, this, this, the clouds, like, there are adults just taking a piss out of these kids' movies by just throwing these things in there. I think it's taking the piss, but. Did I say taking a taking piss? Taking a piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm the not going to correct myself. Yeah, I'm going to take a piss. Uh, yeah, I call him the cat's cat scat guy. And he definitely, yeah, cat scat, he definitely knows what jelly roll means. Yeah, like, that's definitely. on purpose. Um, I wrote here that the health department is the real villain of this movie. <laughs> And we'll get into the reasons why. And, well, I don't know. He has like 19 cats, right? Or like yeah. something crazy number. There's a lot number. of cats there. But, and also, like, the room is dark. Mm-hmm. He's alone. I'm like, I don't know if this guy is the happiest guy in the world. Like, this is, might be a hoarding issue. Just because he's scatting doesn't <laughs> mean he's a happy man. Yeah. <laughs> you made that work. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, the next scene, we cut to the legend Rosie freaking McDon- uh, McDonald. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Rosie, Rosie McDonald. And we are introduced to um, Harriet's nanny, Gully. Gully. Hey. And this woman, she is full of one-liners. Mm-hmm.
1: Nuggets of wisdom. Very wise. Very wise. Very
0: eccentric. Kind of cryptic here and there. But yeah. she she very clearly loves Harriet. Oh, And totally. Harriet loves her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Yeah, it's... <laughs> They love each other. Yeah. I understand why the mom's jealous. Gully takes the kids. Um, so Harriet and her two friends, Sport and Janie, they they go to this like fun upcycled garden of art and fun, which I thought was like the best thing as a kid. I, I wrote down a Gully quote. Oh, please. Please share. And I don't remember exactly from when it's from. It might actually be. Oh, right. When they got to the upcycled place. Yeah. And she says, knowing everything won't do you any good unless you use it to bring beauty into the world. There are as many ways to live as there are people in this world and each one is worth a closer look. So that's when they're like standing at the fence yeah. looking and they're like, "What? what is this? What is this? Yeah. Garbage as art? Yeah. And Golly is just dropping beautiful truth poetry bombs. Uh, she grabs a, like a, a bottle of pop and she like starts to shake it and kind of like champagne it's like spraying everywhere and she says that everybody makes a wish and takes a, a shot of pop essentially mm-hmm. and harriet's wish was i want to see the whole world and write down everything yeah and the other kids wishes were like kind of cute and like a little lighthearted, but harriet got like she intense. got really intense and those kids went absolutely feral in that <laughs> lady's garden <laughs> they like, did it was they're climbing all around like they're just rolling around in it was ties and nuts making music it was and as a kid watching that it was magic i wanted to be there and you know that old hippie she hosts a lot of raves oh there's so many people doing drugs in that garden yeah when the kids are not there yeah for sure um yes and so eventually everybody goes home and we find out that golly has been in harriet's life since she was born Mm -hmm. um and they discuss back and forth how one day gully will eventually have to leave and we also get a little bit of a glimpse into harriet's like home life her parents are very rarely home they're absent for sure and that was something too about the i was like i get why the mom's jealous but also like she's not even trying no no they're constantly working constantly partying totally bonded to this woman of course right Right. like that it's her primary attachment figure. um and certainly She's often alone or with Gully. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to skim past the sandwich, are we? No, I'm literally thinking about how to transition into the <laughs> tomato sandwich. I'm like tomato sandwiches with mayo every day for the last it's five years. The next thing the next on scene. my known n- on my yeah. So she's in the kitchen with her parents as we're like we're seeing her home life and stuff, and she's making her lunch for school, and she's got this butter dull knife. butter knife that she absolutely just smashes a tomato with. Yeah, slaps it on a piece of Wonder Bread. This sandwich was rough for me. I love tomatoes. I really love tomatoes. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I used to eat them like apples. Yeah. But I don't like mayo. I really don't like mayo at really? all. Really? I am not a white s- s- spread gal. <laughs> I'm a mustard person. Really? All right? okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 So it was really hard. Like I was like Whoa, watching her slap that amount of mayo on there. But then the mom's <laughs> suggestions were like, she was like, uh, what about cream cheese and olive? Yum, mm, yummy! And it's like you know what? Given the choice, <laughs> I guess I'm going tomato. But yeah, I'm like you. Can, I'm queasy talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> somebody called child protective services on this family because Ugh. that lunch. Um, I'm a mayo. I'm a double mayo kind of gal. Are you? And mustard. I put them together. Ooh. I don't like. It's too. That's too wet. It's too wet. I like a wet sandwich to go. No, (laughs) I like mustard. uh, Maybe some uh, like Italian, like a oil and vinegar situation. Yep. I am a I'm a fruit and meat person, so I will put jam on a sandwich. You You like a ham sandwich? What? (laughs) I wish you could see my face right now. I am (laughs) disgusted. I hate mayo, but I will eat grape jelly on a ham sandwich. I don't think that's weird. Garbage, garbage. (laughs) You eat garbage. But jam is allowed with peanut butter. Very complex palette Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. No judgment. But maybe a little. There are people out there that would agree with me. (laughs) Please let us know. Yeah. Email us at (laughs) at gmail.ca Jelly and mustard kind of (laughs) gal together. (laughs) Yeah. We now kind of follow Harriet in her after-school spy routine. Um, she's spying on the the cat scat guy. She's spying on like the family-owned like market bodega style store yeah it's Um, like a chinese grocery they got they have uh um like chinese medicine ingredients right there's grandpa's getting like the cupping done in the middle of the (laughs) acupuncture in the back room um and she's kind of like watching a clerk in the back steal some food and she's just like "Mm, some people um but we will revisit this guy she's ready to investigate she is and she has her opinions, but she's all about collecting dem facts. She loves mm-hmm. to write what she sees. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is a series of main plot points and then cutting to like her spy circuit. So we have like the main plot of basically her life and what she's going through. And then we cut back and forth from her like r- jumping over rooftops and stuff, spying on people. Um. So now we're back at home, and we see Harriet in the tub, keeping her tattoo dry and not letting it wash off, so which is sweet. so sweet. Um. And Gully and uh, Harriet are kind of chit chatting, but Harriet hears her parents arguing downstairs, and. We kind of get the impression that this happens quite frequently. Yeah. And what does the dad do? Is he a comedian? He's a stand up comedian. I literally wrote that Gully explains that her parents fight because her dad has a high pressure job as a comedian. Oh, she says that he's a comedian. A, A comedy writer. Oh, that's what she says. I missed that. But I was like listening to what he was saying about the jokes and stuff. And I was like, what? But, like, I was watching this as a kid. So, what, does he work for SNL? Well, I I don't know. But as a kid, like, the way that they were fighting, I thought he was, like, the president of the fucking states. (laughs) Because he's like, I've got shit to do. Yeah, I know. And then it's like, settle. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, uh, fair, fair. I don't, I've never been a comedy writer. I can't even imagine SNL. I'm assuming now he's an SNL writer. It's New York. Yeah. He's an SNL writer. Yeah, that's it. That is high pressure. And that's long hours. Long hours, barely sees his family, goes to a lot of parties at night. Yes, yeah. so at night, at as opposed night. to day parties, <laughs> which are my preferred time to yes. party. Uh, hello, getting day drunk and being at home in bed by 8 p.m. Mm. Sober. I mm. love it. Mm. I think that's one of the main things that you and I connected on being like, okay, we're done drinking now. Um, okay. I'm going to go home and sleep. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> okay, goodbye. I like roll down the hill because yeah. I live a block away. Yeah. Um, so the you could actually sled home now i could toboggan oh, crazy carpet to your house yeah Ooh, that's dangerous didn't we just talk about how snow is slippery i am someone was uh, cross-country skiing yesterday to work <laughs> i was like god we live in a mountain town yeah okay um so we then kind of cut to after bath time mm-hmm. um harriet's in her pjs and mom asks harriet if she wants to have her tuck her in and harriet casually says golly will tuck me in and mom looks disappointed. She looks I, gutted. I have this on, on here, too, that there was real sadness on mom's yeah. face. She's really like, I think maybe, I, I I think it's been building, obviously, for a long time. Yeah, but these it. are your decisions, right? You make. Um, so you shouldn't expect anything else. But I can't even imagine. She's, yeah. That's very sad. Yeah. yeah. And people have nannies all the time. It, it is a form of privilege, I would assume, because you have to pay someone yeah Hopefully. um but yeah. <laughs> it, it is um a reality for a lot of parents kind of like sharing responsibility of raising kids and i can imagine it's quite difficult to kind of come to terms with that you may not know your kid as well as your nanny does mm-hmm. and that's not the case for everybody but yeah. in this situation harriet's mom is well they're they're like, extremely absent though right like yeah. i think that probably in a lot of real world situations there's balance right right or like my sister spent a summer being an au pair. Yeah. And she spent time with the kids, but the parents were also always around and they were doing right. shit as a family. And so. there's like an educational yeah. component too for a lot of these nannies. Mm-hmm. And but like for Harriet's situation, if Gully was not there, she would be the epitome of the latchkey kid. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um so we flashed to another night where Harriet's parents are at a very fancy adult party mm-hmm. and Gully is making dinner and the doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. And it's the veggie thief from that one spy scene and Harriet's like is this a date the the dinner scene is quite sweet because um Gully clearly is like very happy with this guy makes her giggle and smile he's very funny he's got a great personality I first saw him showing up with a he had a pineapple yeah with like a bow on it and he looks about 15 years older than her yeah um I was like what is this he like she could do better like i don't know <laughs> but once i got to know him i was like oh he's great yeah he's yeah. sweet he's, re- yeah. he's quirky he's so funny so that's on me you know that's yeah. on me but Yeah. first impressions mm-hmm. are not always right he's like that's i guess that's quirky i guess that's the kind of thing golly would like I- i'm a flowers girl personally or wine wine's good yeah a pineapple those are e- six dollars that's worth in today's money yeah and he got that free. Right, because he stole it. (laughs) Anyway. Um, But this entire scene at the dinner table was quite sweet. They do like a little stare down. But the soup scene also really killed me as a kid because she's like slurping the soup up. And then she goes, good soup. And my sister and I would reenact that every time we had soup. Every time. I'm sure your parents loved that. Oh, 100%. Um, Somebody stole my manners, she says. (laughs) Damn. So subtle. She challenges him on his work his his employment mm-hmm. and she's like you're a delivery boy shouldn't you be a delivery man uh, sh- by now by now <laughs> i really almost died at that part was that was like, so funny okay uh, you are just spitting your facts you're just spitting your <laughs> observations left right and center girl no filter um we've quickly found out that dinner's burned though um, the, bra- the brat the brat and veggie guy and harriet convinced gully to go out for dinner and a movie So Gully protests at first, but she's like, well, what about the Welsh's? They'll be upset. It's Harriet. Or or I can't remember if it's Veggie Guy or Harriet goes, they're never home. Well, it would have been Harriet because he doesn't. It's fine. I would hope that he doesn't know that they're never home. (laughs) It's casing the joint. Um, So now cue an an adorable movie date scene where all three of them are laughing, having fun, watching the movie. It's very family-like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And something Harriet does not get to have consistently because her parents are always away. But there are these two adults who are really spending their time with Harriet. I liked when they're in the cinema and then they switch seats so she can be in the middle and then they're being, they're romantically Aww. eating popcorn kind of behind her. Yeah. And really cute. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. yeah. So the fun has to come to an end. So they oh, go and home. And the, the movie, it was Matahari, right? I did not catch that. Yeah. What is that? it's an old movie black and white so yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they get home and the parents are already home oh Mum is my goodness frantic freaking out i have a lot of thoughts on this part mm-hmm. the first one being that gully could have left a note true like Real- this is before texting and stuff like that being like heads we to leave leaving. notes all the time yeah, on easy. the kitchen counter you know gone doing this with this person back at this time it's not you know it's like a total slip of the mind on her part which apparently is well they're risk. assuming they're gonna be super late which is fair i guess but i don't know sorry my second thought can yeah. I say? yeah Golly has to live at the house yeah i assume she lives there, live she's there all the time yeah take care of the kid constantly cook clean 24 7 yeah and she's not allowed to leave the house with the kid right that makes no sense to me like she is has- if you're like this is her entire life she can't Trust her enough to know what she's doing. To, to if she were to leave the house, you you trust her with literally your daughter's life at all times and the house. Like if they're not there, obviously leave a note. And they got back early too. Like yes, it was dark, but how late really was it? They, right. The, they left at dinner time. Mm-hmm. The movie, old movies, you know, maybe two hours. Yeah. Like what is it? Nine o'clock. Yeah. Like but anyway. the mom is furious, frantic. After eleven faithful years of loyal labor and love for her family, she is fired like that, like on the spot. On the spot, you are fired. And the dad's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa. Overreaction. it was also totally and the, and then when because then Golly's like, "Okay, yeah." And then the mom's like, Oops. "Whoops, yeah." Like, I, I didn't mean it. Um, yeah. Like Gully shockingly agrees to leave, and the parents are like, "What the fuck? We weren't serious." Which um, is like. Okay, well, don't be so fucking dramatic. This whole scene escalated so quickly. Well, I do feel like that's been bubbling for a while with the mom. Like, she's really, obviously, this has been building up, and she's been feeling like she's being replaced in a, so, you know, I feel like it was really just the the straw that she could use as her excuse to, you know, she's exploding in that way, yeah. And I think everybody was shocked when Gully said, sure, fine, I agree. Um, because when we flash to the scene where they're all kind of like having a little bit more of a mm, realistic, realistic conversation on table about talking. This, and Harriet's eavesdropping, kind of hiding on the stairs. Spying. Uh, Spying, yes. And Gully sticks to her gun. She's like, Harriet is ready to take care of herself. But is she? Like, or is it more so you are ready to step up and be her parent's? Now, yeah, this is not about Harriet at this point. I don't think this is about the adults. Yeah. um, And this is a massive, massive blow to Harriet. Well, the whole movie changes at yeah. this point, too. Like, when Gully is there, like, it's everything is right in the world. Like, yeah. she has the support. She has someone telling her that it's okay who she is. Even the coloring of the movie, to me, feels yeah. warmer when Gully's there in that first Definitely. time. Definitely. This is sad. Yeah, this is very really. hard for Harriet because this massive change of routine, massive change of what safety and belonging and feeling loved at home, taking care of at home is going to be very different. And my question here is like, are her parents actually capable? Like, like there's going to be some steep learning curve here and some adjusting to do because Gully did a lot. Um, and then this line really stood out for me was just like, just because you're on your own doesn't mean the world stops turning, which I thought was really profound. Yeah. For Harriet to kind of like sink in with. Yeah. um and then my heart just breaks at that taxi scene driving away when harriet says she's not gonna cry as she's already crying yeah her and face like, is like completely wet the tears streaming down gully's face too this is hard for her um mm-hmm. and there was like that mary poppins moment where mm-hmm. she's like what i'm gonna go and love someone else more than you oh, never no. like there's only one harriet so heartbreaking because now Harriet is living in the depths of her broken heart. She's like rereading her own her old notebooks. Everyone else is super down in the dumps in her spy route. The cats are taken away from the cat scat right. guy in one giant burlap bag. Like what the yeah, fuck? That's that's movie. <laughs> that's Nickelodeon. That's <laughs> Nickelodeon. Um, Frankie, who is the son of Oh, he crashes the, the car the right? family. Yep, crashes the family business truck. Um she like spies in on sport um, at the store too because sport is um, in a different socioeconomic situation than she is, um, and he's, he's really struggling poor. to pay for his groceries. Yeah, yeah. And Harriet steps in to pay for the amount he can't pay for. Oh, sport! I see you dropped a dollar mm-hmm. and like puts it on the counter. I okay, six seventy five. Literally for bread, milk, eggs, eggs and cheese. cheese, like a good amount of cheese. I don't know six seventy five. A block of that size cheese would be easily twenty dollars right now. Easily. If it, I, yeah, if it were good cheese. If it were good for cheese. For sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, inflation is wild. That was my note there. <laughs> like, whoa. Um, Sport is clearly upset because he's kind of, like, observed in a way that he wasn't really feeling okay with being observed. Mm-hmm. He rushes out of the store with his groceries. And then, then we flash to school where the kids are brainstorming about the, the festive pageant show. Um, okay, another little line that adult Courtney was just like, Whoop, didn't pick that up the first time as a kid. Janie suggests the Manhattan Project with the nuclear bomb and she wants to play Oppenheimer. Yeah, that's so cute. So not only is she like playing around, she's doing her research. Oh yeah. (laughs) She knows uh the the (laughs) The history, (laughs) the scope of what she wants to get into, let's say. Um, Marion suggests a festive feast theme, which I'm not mad about. I think that's kind of cute for like eleven year olds to do, whatever. A dancing gravy boat yeah. at the end, um, and then the the note you can play the barf bag, which was like <laughs> yeah. so good, like a subtle like under was it Harriet or one of the friends were like you can play the barf. Oh, barf. Harriet said that. so now we're at um, Janie's house mm-hmm. and she's working on the stink bomb that she wants to set off. Oh, I didn't realize that that's what the that was. End of the school play. Yeah. Um, Harriet's observations of that, Janie. Okay, things are really clicking a lot more. Oh well, cause you because you the stink was... bomb at the end, you're like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> So Harriet's observations about her dear friend is that like her friend is so smart and she's gonna end up being like this amazingly talented, smart, IQ scientist genius or a nutcase. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, in maybe a context could make sense is playful, but the way that some of this is revealed later is it's very mean. Harsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. mean. So the mom comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And is like, Where- <laughs> what are you girls? What doing are you doing in, in here? And it's like, isn't it balloons are being held by her bra?
1: Yes. Or, yeah, and yes. she goes to
0: grab it, and it explodes all over the mom. Oh, and mom is freaking out. Uh, I would be too. And Harriet just like exits through the window. <laughs> She's like, "I will leave now." <laughs> She's like, "Janie's just getting like absolutely ripped a new one by her mom," and, <laughs> and Harriet's just like, "Bye okay, bye!" Exits through the window. I thought that was so funny. The mom also yells, "Is that my Veronica Closet bra?" Yeah, Which is, like right. Victoria's Secret. So, yeah, she she definitely pieces out. Um, one thing that kind of hits me at this time in the movie that Harriet's just kind of climbing everything like she sees a ladder. I'm going to climb on that. She sees some makeshift furniture kind of like lying around. I'm going to build a ladder and climb on that. Yeah. Um, she's hopping through windows. She's jumping over roofs. Um, so she makes this kind of like makeshift ladder outside sports house um and nearly dies basically as she, this this thing crumbles underneath. She's before that happens she's watching sport and his dad oh, yeah, through the she's window on him. and sport is like goofing off and his dad is loving it. So she's seeing that sport is poor and has a single dad but he's got a really great relationship with his dad something that she's and just like yeah what, what is this i want this mm. this is different it's really like his sweet. dad pays attention to him and they they're you know they're a team together <laughs> So we're introduced to Sports Home Life. Yeah. Um, dad is a writer. Um, and Harriet makes a comment that her dad would call his dad a oh, starving, starving artist. And I wrote, aka, poor. Yeah. Um, and Sport kind of retorts with, like, who's starving? I cook. I clean. I do the books. Yeah. So he the, is the 11-year-old maid, bookkeeper, uh, Chef, cook. Chef. Yeah. Um, really takes care of his dad, which is so yeah. age-inappropriate. Well, he yeah. is, like he is barely getting a childhood like yeah. it's you know he plays with the other kids and he has the time and stuff like that but if you and you know his dad is loving and he yeah. does but there's a there's some, there's some weight on this kid's shoulders that, that isn't really uh, shouldn't yeah, be there you shouldn't have yeah for sure that accounting like book that he pulls out is incredible i i'm taking inspiration really from his beautiful spreadsheet i had to go to school for years to learn <laughs> to learn how to do that <laughs> like Friggin' 11 year old yeah um so he has a lot of responsibilities at home that are typically you know reserved for adults and again we get to see this like the really different home life compared to herself same with janie um so we then watch Harriet break into someone's house, um, <laughs> and by the looks of it, it's like a very wealthy house. A dog is being dropped off from probably a groomer, and the dog's name is Wee Wee. Can you explain to me why she's going into this house? No what clue. it is? Okay, because no I was like hard watching left. it, paying attention, and I'm like, why? No, I have no other okay. idea other than to have Eartha Kitt be a like a a bit of a cameo. Yeah, game. for sure. Um, so Harriet hides, so she is able to break in. Um, she hides in the dumbwaiter mm-hmm. and manages to sneak her way through the house via the dumbwaiter. Mm-hmm. And then we are introduced to the legend, the icon, Eartha Kitt. Mm-hmm. And the, she is the owner of the house. She, <laughs> she never gets out of bed. No. She is a comfy, plush, privileged lady who has people do her bidding She's in, in, in the standing room. She's in this realm. huge room with like the double French doors this huge like california king bed mm. silk satin like luxury drapes all around and she's the world's tiniest woman <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the middle of this bed uh, i just Help love me. it yeah you never get out of bed darling harriet is then caught because yeah. she makes some noises and the the maid um freaks out and screams um and Harriet is really upset. She's like, a spy, a good spy, never gets caught. That's what Gully said. A good spy never gets caught. And she is totally at rock, well, almost at rock bottom right yeah. now. Yeah. She's Just like emotionally ooh. and stuff. And everything, you know, is changing. Yeah. Everything's changing. She doesn't feel like she's doing well in her passion. Um, and then we cut to school where the kids are making fun of Marion again. Um, particularly, Marion wrote an article in the paper and they're making fun of it. Um, and the friends convince Harriet to come play in the park instead of going to do her spy duties. Yep. And And this, I thought this was going to be a positive turning point in the movie. Yeah. And it felt like it was. Oh, but it is definitely the the time where we realize that rock bottom is a couple floors down still. Yeah. Um, so Marion, and I love this part of the movie so much. She's like, let's play the game by the Volvo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not pick up this up as a kid, but she's like, I'll be the dealer, the car dealer, and you can all play the couples looking to buy an affordable vehicle. <laughs> yeah. So funny. And, like Marion is weird. Too. Yeah. She's yeah, definitely she's, weird. Yeah. I think we would have been friends. I must admit that because I used to play this game called University Girl where i I would wear my mom's blazers mm-hmm. and I would have the backgammon set that was a briefcase and I would dump out all the pieces and I would throw like papers and pencils and ca- like a calculator in there and I would pretend to go to university and take notes and go to lectures and it was just like the the most fun. So I think Mariana and I might actually yeah. play well t- <laughs> together. <laughs> the casual R word thrown in there. Did you catch that? No, I don't. Oh, Harriet just like throws out the R word, and the '90s is, I guess, just. A... I mean, I think people were not on the radar of that until oh, no. until the Black Eyed Peas made it. <laughs> kind of. Do you know what I'm talking? Where about? are you going with this? Go on. There was a Black Eyed Peas song. <gasps> Let's, Let's get, get it, get it started. started. Oh, right, 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 and right. Everyone was using it until they had to change. Rightfully, had to change the lyrics of that song. And uh, at least for me, until then, I didn't. That was a cultural moment. Yeah, Yeah. huge for sure. Wild. People are like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, actually, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we shouldn't say that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Um. And so the group is arguing about what game to play, and they all agree on bumper tag, which is a classic recess staple, I must say. And the nostalgic high that I got from watching them like run around shoving each other, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, it was fun. It was Ugh, really fun. to be 11 again and just get thrown to the ground and then just like hop right back up i'm like oh my god i'd be i'd stay I, down there if that was me now had to recover for 15 minutes after shoveling like i was huffing and puffing from shoveling snow today so no bumper tag later <laughs> no no but yeah that energy of just like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> So the kids start running, screaming, pushing each other. And like you, many of us audience is like, oh, this is sweet. They are all getting together, all having fun. She's connecting. She's like, she's realizing, you know, maybe coming out of the fantasy a little bit and like, but still like connecting with other kids. Yeah. So much so that she loses track of her notebook and the notebook gets like thrown and she continues playing, which is really unique for her to like, let that guard down a bit. Marion sees the notebook locks eyes with it picks it up starts reading it time fucking stops as harriet realizes that she does not have her notebook and you know rightfully freaks out a little bit about it because she's like oh shit there is stuff in there that should not be for other people's basically her diary right everyone writes shitty stuff in their diary i this is actually really triggering for me because this pretty much happened to me when (gasps) i was a kid um So there was a brief time when my mom, my stepdad and I lived uh, uh, in a condo and there was like a little playground at the condo. And there weren't the only other kids in the condo complex were like these two brothers that lived next to me Mm -hmm. that were my age and younger. And I was I had my book bag with me and I had like left it to the side at the playground and I was like on the swings by myself. Yeah. Spent a lot of time by myself as a kid. (laughs) And I they went into my bag, took my diary out, and they were reading it. And I had like um not because I was (laughs) a lonely kid. So there wasn't a lot of like bully stuff in there, but I had crushes. Secrets. so there was like uh boys that i had crushes on and stuff and they were like reading it like oh mm. who's that who's that oh, blah, blah, blah. absolute oh panic. he's so like you, you you know and then they were like holding it away they wouldn't like give it back to me oh it was yeah this when i'm was... multi-leveled not only... i actually feel a little bit sick oh, talking about it we might have, like, have a yeah, break watching it i was like <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so at first I was like, that little bitch, Marion, mm. snags this notebook doing this. And then as we go, I'm like, oh, this is actually a really bad look this for Harriet. Is <laughs> yeah. This is not good. This is not good So all. it wasn't quite the same, but it was, you know, yeah, it was... It sucks when that happens. Oh, 100%. Especially just like you have such this blind faith of like, this is my private business. I don't know. Especially it also being like boys I barely knew. Like, I don't know. Something about like if it were like girls that were my friend or like. It might be different, but still there's like this very raw fear of being exposed and then the way that they like held it away from you it was also that oh i feel for you that is violating yeah that is terrible um so we see marianne essentially on the bench with all of the kids sitting or like standing hovering around her as she's going through this list and like i said at the beginning Harriet is not holding back. There are some really hurtful things that she's making about. <laughs> Me these realizing people. that beginning monologue is connecting back into the plot in such a huge way. Because I didn't, I was like, okay, that's, you know, she's narrating, not even thinking about it. And then as it's coming back and they're reading through this list yeah. of everything she said. Like, oh no. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. Um, and you know what? Clearly, all the kids are really hurt they're about really what hurt. Harriet said. Purple socks boy. Oh my god. And the way that he like pulls his pants down to hide his purple socks because he doesn't talk right like that was the whole thing he has he has tried to talk a few times there was like scenes in school where he put his hand up and just wasn't speaking out and other kids were yelling and then you know harriet's comments about people's bodies and their their home lives or something like that and then the tide really starts to fucking turn when Marianne starts to read the receipts about mm-hmm. Sport and Janie. Well, because at first Janie's like standing up for her, like, hey, stop it, give it back. This isn't cool, like, you know. Lay off, basically. And then Marianne finds the thing that she said about Janie, Yeah, reads, reads it out. Oof. And Janie walks over and she's oh. like, I'm on their side now. That simple move of like leaving the three, the trio, and like joining the pack was like gut wrenching to watch. But what was even, in my opinion, like really worse is when sports um, sports comments basically came out and Harriet's comments about being poor and cuz it's also oh, something that he kind of hides, right? Like yeah. it's not you know what i mean? Like he yeah, i don't know. He's got, it's so much heavier than just this like bullying or just mm-hmm. this like kids like maybe they don't understand how much heavier it is, but he has an understanding that they don't have. Exactly. And yeah that was yeah yeah. the weight that harriet felt kind of like crush her at that moment when she realizes sport's gone too well it's not all a fantasy right no either it's not you're not you're not a spy like no you know you're playing you're doing that and that's like that's great but like words have wait and huge maybe your super mean notebook should stay at home in your drawer <laughs> just like casually coming around no. you all um because to be fair like there's a lot of merit in having a journal and like getting your thoughts out externalizing all that crap that's floating around in your head because everyone's having those having thoughts like that it's not it it's not that she's a bad person because she's Writing thinking down. you know no. whatever But I think what really hits her heart is exactly what you just said. This is not a game. This is not make-believe. These are people's lives. These are people's feelings. And to, like, use their troubles, let's say, as kind of fuel for her fantasy really comes crashing down. So she is fully ousted social outcast supreme. Um, she locks herself in her room. She's really missing Gully right now. And it was really hard to watch because clearly she doesn't fully understand what the fuck is going on. Like, she doesn't understand consequences. As a privileged kid, she doesn't understand. It's so fair. There's so much changing right now. And she's 11 and she doesn't have support. Yeah. Like, her support structure has been ripped out. Yeah. And and what's left is... She doesn't have the emotional maturity or understanding to navigate what's going on. And to be fair, I think the parents are obviously aware that well, something's going on. They're observing but... her, but they're doing absolutely nothing to... <laughs> Do you to... need anything, honey? I'm fine, mom. Okay, bye! Like, That's <laughs> ugh, that's another thing. Is like the mom wanted Gully gone so badly and then Gully leaves and now the mom is not momming. No. Like the mom has not stepped in at to all to provide care like to her 11-year-old child going through hell on earth. And the mom okay we don't you sounded like kermit the frog there (laughs) (laughs) okay no that's a we can move on but read a book clueless pieces of you're rich go (laughs) go fucking hire someone to teach you um so we're back in school we're back in class and her friends are ignoring her i mean yeah and i wrote to be fair understandable yeah. (laughs) like she noticed the kids passing notes around laughing looking at her giggling pointing she kind of like sneakily grabs the note with her hand her foot and brings it over isolation moment and as a kid like as someone who had a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. especially like growing up and stuff like i used to be sick every monday because i had to go back to school and i was afraid nobody would like me anymore maybe dakota and like yeah and like having that so Something like this never exactly happened to me, mm. but understanding the feeling of thinking that people are doing this. Talking about you, laughing at you. It's so isolating. It's the yeah. social anxiety worst nightmare. Really. Man, I, things are coming out about deep, me in this episode. Super deep. <laughs> but I understand that, that isolation right? piece of like, that is so... It's, I <gasps> mean, ugh, and cringy, it's, you know, icky. she she kind of deserves it right now. Like, Ooh, this is... But, I think this is super intense in terms of the the level of consequences that she faces because Kid has been, you know, dodging consequences for a really long time. Like, she doesn't have the life that sport has. She doesn't have the life that Janie has in some ways where, you know, she really has it on easy mode, dare I say. Um, Albeit there's challenges as we all do, but she's a privileged kid mm-hmm. and she's kind of having all of this happening at once, which is, um. so she she, she picks up the note. And the note says, Harriet M. Welsh smells in like the biggest bold letters ever. And the heartbreak I feel for the little kiddo reading this, feeling like this smelly kid. And she goes to the washroom to wash her pits. She like smells her feet. Okay. Second oh. movie in a row with a foot to face <laughs> moment. <laughs> right. She- what <laughs> is that? We have to, it's like kind of a bingo card now for us. We I have don't to know. catch it in all of the movies we pick. <laughs> foot to face just like chaucer last week yep (laughs) just like (laughs) sniffing it yeah so she attempts to like wash herself um and my note here is like to be fair a grade six classroom would probably stink to high fucking hell with all that pre-puberty shit going down were you a stinky kid probably Times. So, okay let's get deep with me like i really struggled with ocd as a kid yeah um particularly there was a purell year where i really hurt my hands because i Aww. i used a lot of purell yeah it, it, it lingers a little bit in adulthood here and there but it kind of oscillated from being like really dirty and really stinky probably to being like hyper clean and hyper rigid about showers and washing and stuff like that yeah as mental illness goes <laughs> like it's a wild ride <laughs> yeah Yeah, were you stinky? No, my mom was always really pretty hyper vigilant about our cleanliness and hygiene and stuff. So, like, I was using deodorant probably before I needed to be. Well, it's also kind of like, I want to be a big kid. I want to use deodorant or I want to shave my legs. Oh, I was chomping at the bit to shave my legs. Are you kidding me? Um, Now now it's like, (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. Yeah. Oh, that that stuff gets grown up for sure. I remember when I was a kid wanting to shave my legs, and my mom would let me use her shaving cream, but she gave me a spoon. To, like, pretend shave. Yeah. yeah, my granny would let me... I would get to use shaving cream in the tub. Yeah. yeah. It just felt like... There was just, like, this desperation to be older, right? Ugh, yeah. Youth is wasted on the young. God Goddamn. All right. Anyways, um, <laughs> we we see the, the one of the best burns I've ever seen in any movie when uh, Marion um, goes, Where's your notebook, Harriet? And Harriet goes, I don't know, Marion. Have you looked up your butt? <laughs> Okay, but I was gold. Honestly, like as she was saying it, I knew what she was going to say. You saw where it was going. I, yeah, because I <laughs> use that on Prob all the time. I'm always like, Ugh. when he asks me where something is, I'm like, have you checked up your butt? <laughs> so <laughs> I was Beautiful. on her level with that for sure. um And so, thus begins this part of the movie where it is Harriet versus the pack, and we have this montage oh, of Harriet watching her old friends and all of her classmates now build a freaking clubhouse called the spy catchers and they are stalking her and she's like up in a tree like in the same backyard watching them (laughs) but they are after her for sure and quick note on clubhouses uh i grew up in a neighborhood with a we had a gang highland park gang you You know who you are we were there was a lot of us like we would we would like after dinner ride our bikes past like each other's houses to like to say that it was time to, come to cue outside. the cue the launch so um but we always wanted to have like a clubhouse in our there was like a a park in the neighborhood and we had a pretty big patch of woods like behind nice. the park and the farthest we ever got was a couple of stolen nails and pieces of <laughs> pieces of wood and hammers and stuff from various dads garages in the neighborhood we got a few planks up damn um like probably not even a foot off the ground <laughs> so that was as far as we ever could get because the actual task of building a structure as a kid with no knowledge of building and of no anything, tool, really. you have yeah. to steal the tools and the supplies uh yeah it, it's, it's a lot harder than you think but yeah we, we used to start fires up there too <gasps> oh my god i would start so many fires and yeah you were pyro i, I was yeah, a bit yeah. of a pyro and i got grounded so many times for starting fires too close to the house we had <laughs> do you remember that whole conversation we had at beer fest about women being more likely to be b- oh pyromaniacs <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes we had yeah. this like very extensive like highbrow intellectual conversation <laughs> about our theories of like women breaking out of that nuclear yeah. heavy patriarchal oppression uh, oh so good anyway burning it to the ground burn anyway, it to the ground Mary. Uh, we're not condoning it we're just talking about I it i am <laughs> burn it down <laughs> um so we have that montage and basically it's a huge yikes moment for harriet because she's like oh shit Okay, but when the kids are, like, chasing her around, with, I they, they were actually threatening. Yeah. Like, I was, I felt really, like, like, I wasn't scared, <laughs> but I felt, I was like, that is scary. I literally wrote, classmates terrorize her with pots yeah. and pans on roller skates, and they stalk her throughout the city and totally disrupt her spy route. Yeah. Um, which is another like huge blow because another element of a very familiar, comforting part of her routine is just gone. So, um, the police catch her, you know, roof hopping because probably illegal, dangerous, whatever. Um, I mean, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You're and like, what, wh- who, who's watching you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Gully's yeah. gone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Parents are just like, oh, I wonder where she is. Yeah. Um, so the police, uh, officer takes her back home and now we're like eye to eye with Harriet on the couch getting the lecture of her life but we're not eye to eye because her parents are it's she's a, and they're walking around pacing and it's that point of view of harriet like they're not coming to her level Oh, no, we are she but they can aren't. see the waist and stuff and they're walking around yeah. and i just found like i felt like that was a really good device that they yeah. use like from a direct like direct, direct, terminal. like Robin that point of, point of view like really yeah. puts you in that you're seeing again like nobody's connecting to her on her level no no one they're, understands they're her. not budging no right no 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 um and the parents are trying to quote parent at this point but they're really bad at it they don't know what the fuck they they're doing No idea. so they take away her oh. only form of safety belonging whatever they rip away her notebook she's actually sitting on it and yeah. she's like try and take it from me mm-hmm. and he's like i'll move you which i thought was like really threatening right she rips into them hard she lays out all the receipts as to why they're bad parents Mm -hmm. and the parents kind of have this moment of like oh shit she's right but don't want to like get caught up in it and she stomps away well she's being a bad kid and they don't get why she's being bad stop being bad it's like well no i'm really sad and scared everything is falling away from me and her parents just think she's being I don't know a bad kid like no, you said she's acting out she's being bad punish her yeah we need to punish and so they remove that last piece of her identity and safety mm-hmm. and the teacher's on it too now like yeah she gets a fully padded down oh, yeah which is not she's not allowed to bring any kind of contraband notebook-esque anything into that classroom so she's not safe or comfortable or anywhere herself no. anywhere now and she's seething about it now we're in this, like, art class, and they're all painting... Uh, I don't know. The one kid is in the middle, like, pretending to be posing as, oh, like, like, the... Oh, like the thinking man. The, Yeah. And then the rest of them have like one bucket of paint each and are just like (laughs) it's all blue yeah while everyone else is painting harriet is doing some research on persecution and witch hunts which i thought was apt (laughs) um and whispers start flying she starts to pick up on it and it goes around like wildfire where these kids are like and a classmate purposefully steals paint it's marion's right hand man right and I she name. goes oh i'm so sorry it was an accident and everybody gets up to Wait, help this is that is a panic mode and a half when I... everybody's hands were like grabbing I her i felt so sick at this part when all the other kids are putting their hands on her i felt really really like violated, violated. Like, it's so because she's screaming stop stop help me help me and the teacher's like that's right everybody everybody pitches in to lend a hand and are she you insane yeah it's like aggressive it's like i feel like i feel sick to my stomach thinking about it yeah and marion sneaks up and spills another can of paint all down harriet and she gets the shit slapped out of her no she punches her in the face doesn't she it was a huge slap because you can see the handprint and she bolts harriet bolts out of there after she punches punch slaps marion and she runs home, and you can just see her, like, having this, like, terrible panic cry. And then there's, like, this very, like, dark moment where she's staring at her reflection in the tub, and you can see the blue paint all over her, and it's, like, this very visceral moment of being utterly alone. And it's, like, is she going to drown herself? Like, that's the kind of, like, thought. Well, this is what I mean when I said this is not what I was expecting from this movie. <laughs> this movie? Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a fun, you romp. Know, child heist romp. Yeah. And it, it's, it gets so intense. I honestly don't know if young me could have handled this. Mm. Like, the feelings that this has one had. brought up for me yeah. as an adult watching it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know that young Dakota would have been, <laughs> like, would have been able to handle the stress, the stress. of this movie. Yeah. And just, like, watching the utter pain, desperation, panic, this feeling of aloneness she had. And she goes in the water, and she kind of floats there for a little bit, and then she has this <gasps> moment. Then we see her kind of, like, all dry in her room out of getting into the tub and she's just ripping up every single one of her old notebooks <sighs> and you see the history in these books like these drawings like a little seven-year-old would do and this that really just shows me that this is a massive part of her life these notebooks yeah. and just how much of a friend they have been to her that entire life that she's been doing this Ugh, it was heartbreaking and she's just like crying and ripping them up and she's exhausted just yeah. utterly exhausted because like the social pressure at school the family pressure of not feeling seen and heard mm-hmm. and her it's like identity I'm not, I'm not even remembering that gully like left at this point like Ugh. there's so like so much that's loss. the base of it but there's so much going on yeah that it's like that's not even like half of it yeah, yeah, yeah. big deal anymore at this point <laughs> so then we cut back to school and All of the kids are reading Hamlet, which I find strange. Like They're too young for that. Age inappropriate much? Yeah, Um, that's a grade 11. There's some themes there that if I could remember what Hamlet was about, maybe it ties in with the story, but I'm not going to think too deep about it. This is actually a modern adaptation of Hamlet. (laughs) (laughs) And you hear Harriet carving names into her desk with that compass that you get in that mathematician set as a kid. And she is going hard on writing every kid's name that she is going to seek revenge on this is the revenge list Mm -hmm. which side note where's the teacher in this like what are you doing oh she's like out having a smoke break (laughs) smoke while the kids are reacting hamlet Um. so let's begin the list of revenge shall we Mm -hmm. she slices off like cuts off a kid's fucking ponytail (laughs) like some of these are heavier than others for sure i literally yeah because what's number two tell me what number two is Uh, Just vandalizing a classmate's locker. Yeah, so vandalizing a locker and cutting off someone's ponytail are not the same level of revenge. The same level of revenge. Not the same. And neither of them are Marion. Like cut Marion's ponytail off. (laughs) What are you doing? So the next one is quite awful too. So the the one young kid who has the the boobs uh, and puberty happening a little bit earlier than everybody Mm -hmm. else. Um. Harriet wrote some nasty things about her, but she steals her bra and hoists it up the flagpole as revenge on her part, yeah. which is dark. Um, she sabotages Janie's important science experiment. And again, the next one is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, take a little linchpin out of your popsicle stand castle. Oh, yeah. He's he like playing and she like knocks over that. Yeah, like, I'm that's sure, nothing. pretty sure one is a crime, like the haircutting yeah. thing. And the other one's like, <laughs> do you say one's a hate crime? Yeah. Like, what's a crime? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she utterly humiliates marion in the bathroom like cuts are so deep oh yeah oh man so this scene has definitely burned into my brain since i was a kid where the girls are giggling and doing that classic bathroom public bathroom school kid thing where you're wetting toilet paper and like smacking it on the ceiling their bathroom looks like it's in a prison though that looked like my bathroom are you serious oh for At sure school, the yeah. sinks in the, the, the sinks. middle yep we had that with you, where you had oh. to like put your foot on it to like turn it on. I have never seen that. Wild. Mm. No, that's what my bathroom definitely. We lived. Um, our school was really old. Like it was from the nineteen, like late eighteen hundreds. Was it a big school? Well, it was one of the only rural schools in the area. Yeah. So but... our my school was pretty new. Mm. Did you have a locker at all in public school? A locker? Yeah. yeah. We only got those in high school. Oh no, I had a locker from kindergarten. Yeah kindergartner locker That's i know so like half pro- grade one not cubby. A like it's a cubby or a locker we had cubbies in kindergarten then in grade one starting with lockers when you're little they were the half the half ones yeah i had that in grade nine no and then in high school grade nine grade 10 you would get half lockers and then when you're grade 11 and 12 you, you the would get the big ones Ooh. but some very lucky younger kids like grade nine grade 10 would get a full-size locker the lottery which i did <sighs> i did get in grade 10 i got a full-size locker I had a half locker. I had the bottom one and uh, I was always paired because they were alphabetical. Right. So we were assigned lockers alphabetically. And so ours ours weren't. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) The guy above me. um, We were always paired together because our names always lined up with each other in school. And I just had like the biggest crush on him for years and never really realized it until like, I don't know. 10 years ago I was like oh no I was in love with him for a very long time and did not notice and to the point where um in grade 12 um I didn't have a prom date or anything like that and I locked eyes with him in the hallway and I was like do you want to go to prom mm-hmm. and he was like yeah sure I'm like great pick me up at this time very non-prom proposal but I asked my grade 9 crush out to prom in grade 12 and he went with you yeah it was really cute <laughs> <laughs> anyways back to the movie <laughs> Harriet humiliates Marion in the bathroom in front of all the other girls. Mm. Quote, you don't have a father. Your father abandoned you. He lives in Amsterdam. And you know why, Marion? Because he doesn't love you. Holy shit. That was, mean, dark. But also, uh, I feel like that's how Harriet uh, Harriet feels about her own dad.
1: Yeah, there's a little projection going on there.
0: For sure, she's projecting. yeah. Um, And then, again uh the level of revenge on sports oh oh no 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 this no, is no, no, so no. yeah it's so, i if i were sport i wouldn't i might forgive her a little bit but we would never be friends again after again, she like, did this no the proportion like the disproportionate level of revenge in all these people and so um in an earlier scene in the movie sports wearing like this cute little maid outfit because he has to clean the house not even a full maid outfit he's wearing like a an frilly apron. Ha- apron yeah right and then he's holding like a duster or something yeah and uh harrod's like take a picture and she like snaps a photo of him and she prints out that photo on multiple posters that um it's just photocopies of sport in that made the the outfit that's um it quote, was more the pose right it's yeah, like he's, he's got the apron on and he's curtsying so it's more that like That effect of it, yeah. But the line underneath, man of the house? Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Ew. And again, that's the 90s. There's no room for any kind of other forms of expression of whatever, but... Oof. Um, And it really, really hurts sport, obviously. But Harriet doesn't give a shit, or does she? Maybe there's some guilt. We kind of just see her kind of reckon with, like, how big has this become for me? I'm too deep. She's in too deep now. She's yeah. like, this is me now. Yeah, this is you me know. now. Um, So she's clearly going through it still. Her parents are questioning her about her actions, because at this point, the oh, revenge yeah. list... Every, every parent is calling them, right? Uh, the phone was ringing off the hook at that house, and... Which finally prompts the fa- the parents to go. We need help yeah. and take Harriet to a therapist. Yeah, and I totally forgot about this entire part of the the plot, um, because I've done play therapy all the time with kids. Like when I worked in private practice, oh, like sure. that was my job, mm-hmm. and I loved it. We would play games because play is the honestly, play is the language of kids. She opens the cupboard and it's like full of games. She's like, "What you sit here and play all day?" Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, I get paid <laughs> a lot of money to play games." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um. And so the therapist actually is the first one, maybe since Golly, Mm -hmm. to actually listen and try to understand Harriet. And he gives her a new notebook Mm -hmm. that she's allowed to use um, in sessions with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we see, you know, Harriet getting picked up by her parents. And they have this kind of moment where Harriet's like, well, what did he say? And her dad's like, something genuinely sweet that you're smart, kind, lovely kid. And I think some other hard truths that the therapist really laid down that we didn't get some privy to. Yeah. And that you're going to be, like, successful one day. or yeah. You're going to be a really good writer. And yeah. ha- But there was also, like, the hesitation with the dad where they were kind of, like, finally reckoning with the, like, there is nothing wrong with her. No, It's all, it's, like, environmental. It's, like, all circumstantial of this kind of buildup and this ripping out from under her of support yeah. and all this shit. Not having. Yeah. And so he's kind of, they're having that moment of, like, oh, this is, like, our fault. Well, yeah, you kind of got you this know? look on the mom's face as they're walking across the street where I think the therapist had some pretty intense things to tell them mm. that they needed to make some serious changes or mm. they're going to lose this kid. Not mm-hmm. like in a sense of lose, lose, but, but yeah. she's going to go off the rails a little bit more, mm. really. Um, so there's this really important scene where Harriet's in bed and mom comes in and gives her notebook back um and you know both parents in different in different ways at this time try their hardest to actually you know spend time with her yeah, play with she's her playing listen with the dad and the yeah. mom's like tucking her in and like trying to time understand with, yeah. her like real effort we finally get to see yeah. and you know to, have you noticed we're seeing their faces on her level for the first time in the whole movie yes yeah good point i did not notice that yeah. dad's sitting on with her on the stairs mom is on the bed with her Really making an effort. Good point. Damn, didn't notice that. Okay. So Q blast from the past. Yay! Gully comes back. Gully's back. Gully is back. <sighs> And she's here to lay down some truth for sure. Mm, they so Gully and Harriet are talking, um, catching up, but they're talking about the differences between good lies, bad lies, mm-hmm. taking accountability. You know, being yourself, owning it, but not being a dick about it. Gully's giving her advice on how to, you know, yeah, try to navigate fixing things with her classmates. Yeah, right. really, really stay true to harriet and pay the cost of being harriet yeah that's what she basically says right stay true to you stay true to harriet but you have to accept you know you have to deal with the consequences of of your actions and what you have done and you have to she said you have two options right you're not going to like either of them yeah classic yeah and it's just basically like you you have to back down and you have to apologize and you have to just be really vulnerable yeah. with that. Right? And like you're a spy. You've got some fight in you. Like it was really encouraging. It was lovely to see Gully back. But also she's like, I'm gonna leave now. Bye. <laughs> you can't stay for much longer. And she's like, No, kid, you're on your own here. Like it's yeah. important for you to do this. And so we see various attempts. Like Harriet goes to Janie, tries to apologize, but not really. See, this whole yeah, this whole thing where she's like going to apologize. She she doesn't actually apologize to anyone. No, she just kind of attempts to go back to normal she she weekly she tries and then on the other side of the door she says i'm sorry and then she does it to sport she tries and then on the other side of the door she goes i'm sorry and whether they heard her or not i don't know but she really i was really disappointed by the level of effort that she really puts in yeah well she's 11 no i know but it's like she didn't apologize she didn't apologize to anybody no she tried to like buddy buddy it Um, but there's some serious things that were done that cannot necessarily just go back to normal as a result of a a failed attempt to (laughs) to apologize. Um, oh, another thing I had, so you were talking about in the beginning how someone called her an individual. Yeah, it was golly. She said you're an individual and that, that makes people nervous. Yeah. And it's going to always make people nervous. And which is a really important thing to hear because it's not sunshine and rainbows when you're being yourself conflict people not liking you that's a normal part of life mm-hmm. and letting go of all that though and, and just embracing who you are is so much better than trying to fit yourself in the box of what you think other people want you to be yeah and harriet got to experience that 11 where most hey, of us Matt, are like she's still gonna going be through the it. most well-adjusted <laughs> adult like ever hopefully um, <laughs> we just see this like grown woman who's 35 roof hopping and t- doing some weird shit um we get a sneak peek that's in. called parkour <laughs> Parkour, parkour. I'm sure that there are 35-year-old women out there that apologies do that apologies to the, the parkour, adult community. parkour community. Um, I don't want to glaze over the fact that Sports Dad made it big. He he sold his book, his novel. Yeah. And he got the he got the, the paycheck that they were both Oh yeah, really right needing. when she went to apologize, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah. was like right when that was happening. Big props. Yeah, they're going to go to the fanciest restaurant in town Oh, and... fuck spaghetti, let's eat steak. Yeah, so good. Oh, so cute. Yeah. Um so we we get to see Harriet Semi attempt an apology, but fail in both of the two relationships she really wanted to mend. Um, but then we also kind of see the spy hunter club slowly falling apart. There's dissension in the ranks, yeah, for there. sure, definitely. Yeah, uh, the dictatorship of Marion is slowly falling apart, and it has a lot to do with the the quality of cake that's the cake being portions. delivered. <laughs> the portions that Marion like that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Oh yes. the amount. I do love, it was sport, right? Who like, he's like, I'm not sticking around for this. And he so, and he grabs a handful of it. Yeah. Straight from the, love it. On way out. I thought that was great. Sport is the best. Okay. Um, we're back in school again. And Harriet suggests that the editor of the school paper should change. And the way she does it, you could see her. She's like sitting up straight. She's calm. She's collected. She raises her hand slightly and she suggests that it should change. And then it's Purple Socks guy. Which I found really unbelievable, personally. In what way? Uh, she has made no attempt to apologize to him and he's the one that she said should kill himself. Yeah. And he's the first one to vouch for her. And this is And my... like stand up for her and be like, you know. Well, this is my gripe with the movie mm-hmm. is that all of a sudden, just like that, she fails two forms of an apology and everybody's all of a sudden being like, Well, hey, let's bury the hatchet, guys. She has not done any kind of accountability. I feel taking. like it would have been what I thought was going to happen in that moment was mm-hmm. that she was going to get up at the front of the class and, and she was going to apologize to everybody. Oh, no, it's her saying I want the editor <laughs> position <laughs> is the reason why everyone's like, you know what? She has changed. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's still definitely kind of thinking about herself. Um, but. Later on, we find out that she's using the editor position to apologize to a degree, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, they didn't know that though. No, they did not. So. Um, but Pur- Purple Socks guy nominates Harriet to be the editor, mm-hmm. and he says, "I would like to read what she has to write." And Sport and Janie back him up with the third and fourth, their second and third nominations. Um, so, in a rather quick turnaround, I wrote mm-hmm. the class then votes to have Harriet be the editor, including Harriet. Uh, she votes for herself. Yeah. Um, so what I do find interesting in this part of the movie, Harriet starts to write as Harriet, not as the spy. Right. And so, yeah, she's kind of coming out of this spy like thing and persona being more open about her observations and being more grounded in herself. Yeah. Right. Like, and yeah, if she wants to she's be a she's no longer Harriet, the spy. No. If she wants to be a writer, she's going to have to learn how to write her truth and her perspective and her observations in a way that feels true to her while also not being an asshole about that. Uh, You know, it's. it's, I mean, not to people you care about, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, So there's a difference between looking at stuff and really seeing it to see it. You have to take a closer look. Some stuff is fixable and some stuff is meant to fall apart, which I thought was a really, really powerful line for an 11 year old. Mm -hmm. Um, she begins to write positive stories about her classmates and she takes accountability of her actions through the editor position and writing on that old school typewriter. Love it. Love it. Ugh. The and click and the clack. Click and the clack. Of writing. And the, the feeling of, of pushing down on the. Yeah. And and I, I love writing on a typewriter. But the mistakes stuff. are very difficult to navigate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the movie is kind of approaching its end. With this incredibly boring pageant, as Dakota yawns, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was try. I turned away. I was like trying to be. That yeah. was very it was, it was good timing, time. Subtle, yeah. but not so subtle. Um, but so it's finally time for the festive pageant to happen, and they obviously went with the you know dinner ingredient seed I love <laughs> it. <laughs> Where they're all different forms of vegetables. There's a gravy boat and it's like super boring at first with classical music and kind of like ballet-esque dancing but then James Brown get up off of that thing starts playing and the kids in all of their Thanksgiving food costumes start to dance and have fun they're doing limbo with like the giant turkey baster Um, Harriet is having a blast being herself with her renewed sense of self and that sense of like Reconciliation with her friends and classmates and, of course, Janie's stink bomb goes off without a hitch and it clears the auditorium and the full circle for Dakota now hitting her as to what the stink bomb (laughs) was actually going on. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And so the movie closes with the three kids just dancing. Yeah. Dancing and not being phased (laughs) at all by the stink bomb whatsoever. And, you know, what? I wrote the kids are dancing alone on the stage, which is a true demonstration of friendship healed a little bit of baloney bullshit and that's at the, end. the end that's the end of the movie wow what a great what an intense movie i didn't honestly. i totally forgot how intense it was it's really intense like yeah. nostalgia thinking back on it because obviously i haven't seen this in maybe 20 years and re-watching it was a delight because there are elements of it where i'm like yes there's my comfort movie yeah but as an adult i'm like damn this was first heavy 35 percent of the movie gold so just so fun and joyful and, light like, yeah you know it took a, a turn that I wasn't expecting I think it was extremely important for me too watching it for the first time as an adult like as far as kids movies go like it was fantastic yeah it was so good I was talking to my friend the other day yesterday about it and I, and uh he'd never seen it before and I was like watch it once yeah you know I think it's worth it I personally we'll probably never watch it again me neither i don't you know what i mean yeah um, but i'm i feel i'm really happy that i saw it cool yeah i really am i really really i got a lot out of that movie nice yeah and like you said there's gonna always be a little maybe a little part of me that's not quite sure if i'll rewatch it again but i definitely don't need to watch it in the way that i used to watch it obviously well i would hope not i go home and watch it every night <laughs> i am <Harriet. laughs> <laughs> we have no social skills well wow, um, that's <laughs> shut up <laughs> um, <laughs> so how should we rate this movie mm, magnifying glasses or Ooh, stink bombs what do you think <laughs> stink bombs uh, Marion slaps it to the face Ooh. <laughs> bad parenting out of 10 how many gullies out of 10 how many gullies out of 10 that's really hard for me <laughs> oh no okay I have to go first six and a half Ooh, okay um what's the rationale there the rationale is although i thought it was really important and uh a really great movie i was uncomfortable for a lot of it mm. it was it was a bit difficult for me which is not you know what i mean yeah. there were times where i was like Ooh. oh this is bringing stuff up yeah um so I really liked it. I am not gonna watch it again. Six and a half, maybe seven, mm-hmm. because it wasn't like if I if I think back to being a kid and if I would have seen it as a kid, it wouldn't have been one that I watched that stuck. For I, you. No, because no. It, it's it was too, too close. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my reasoning. Fair, absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with six and a half and and uh, the top half. So. <laughs> yeah, the first thirty-five, really. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with eight and a half out of yeah. ten. The writing is pretty great. The The gully liners. So good. Yeah. Um, I thought the coming of age aspect was really important. And again, like the, I think. The puberty. Yeah. Was so real. Real. Know? Yeah. Um, and again, like I come back to this idea of, you know, being the strange kid. And I think everybody might feel like they're the strange kid. Um, in their own way, which I think is why maybe some of us are drawn to more movies or not. <laughs> I love sticking it. my legs straight up in the air. <laughs> yeah. um, it needs to stretch. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going 8.5 out of 10 gullies because I felt so like tickled again watching mm. this movie. I felt heavy watching this movie. I felt for Harriet in this movie because definitely in my own experiences of navigating friendships and taking accountability and doing bad stuff and not really knowing why people were mad. And I think the only reason why it's not a 10 out of 10 um, is because Eartha Kit didn't come back nearly as much as I wanted her to. Would have loved to see. A little bit. Yeah. And the quick turnaround of the all of a sudden we're back on Harriet's team yeah I think that's another thing for me what where if you're gonna drag me to the depths of despair like (laughs) that I think that and and she did so much I think there should have been more a more real tangible resolution yeah of let me see her really apologize and really try to be better perhaps a a moment between her and Marion of truce or whatever know a a thing with her and Janie and uh, a sport a hug or something a little bit more of a reckoning because I feel like it spent so much of the movie just really tearing everything from her yeah and bringing her to the bottom and doing all this it it just really felt kind of like at the end I was like really like that's it I know and like as you were saying that part of me thinks that like maybe her capacity and ability to apologize through the newspaper was all she could do you know, yeah, but I, she's she's a fictional character. True. You know, I feel like it would have been be- beneficial to show the audience yeah. a real t- sucking. You know, t- you putting your pride aside and and apologizing, not necessarily getting up in front of the class and doing a big speech or whatever, but in some manner that was meaningful. more than what meaning. Yeah, exactly. More the, meaningful. The more resolution than what we got. was not proportional to the depths of you know wreckage really yeah that everybody went through yeah and i think that was yeah a big thing for me oh okay i am so glad you enjoyed it i loved it okay. i really really did when i was watching it i was like i texted you that was the only yeah! thing i said it was like this movie has me in a vice yeah like, and i'm I like really, a good one <laughs> that's the only kind that's i the think. Only kind. yeah Oh, okay so i think uh thank you for listening so far i think we're moving on to the next uh part it's of my our pick. podcast yeah it's my pick pick the next movie oh my gosh where are my in classic fashion we do not have the slips again <laughs> well i think that's your hat over there is Ooh. mine under it oh okay hold on i only have four i don't even re- i don't even remember what Ooh, this like is exciting. at this point i don't know what's in there but i feel like after this one i should replenish like i should have more than three in there you know yeah you ready? <sighs> I'm scared. I, I hope it's, it's good. D. Here we go. You don't get to find out. Sorry. Um, but we do. So. <laughs> <gasps> oh! oh! Okay, show me, show me, show okay, me. Okay, This is what, like, have you seen this? No! Oh my god. This is one of my... I've never heard of it. Oh, it is so campy. It is so, it's one of my very favorites. Okay. Probably will tell you that he's seen it a hundred times. A hundred times. Oh god oh my god again a movie that one of us hasn't seen it's twice in a row so early that's so crazy i love it this is oh, okay part of the reason for the podcast is to share movies that we love obviously yeah. and were meaningful for us growing up but also to expose each other to maybe movies we've ne- obviously never even heard of i'm so excited you've never even heard of it no oh my gosh when you see the cast you're gonna shit oh, i'm just <laughs> i'm gonna have one single shit <laughs> yeah oh, okay well okay. thank you so much for listening thank you and uh tune in next week um if you enjoyed that episode um please like and subscribe mm-hmm. leave a review please. um you can get in touch with us if you like you can email us oh, at we have an email now new friends cinema at gmail.ca and you should be able to find us on instagram at new friends cinema excellent okay yes. thank Kay. you thanks bye, bye.